This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series at 8am. Joining you every day, catching you up on the latest Arsenal news. And of course, answering your questions as well. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Let's jump into the chat box first of all, as always, and say good morning to Matt G and Bradley and Sartvik and Anthony. Jermaine, good morning, guys. Hope you're doing good. The Essex, Ollie, AV, Jose, AFC Till I Die, Christopher, good morning. Martin, uh, good morning to Jonas, to Bruce, to MFB, to Marcus as well, to Simon, to Anza, Steve, Carl, Canoe, Paul. So many more of you as well. Liam Shiro, Blackshine, um, Dean, we've got uh, Bo, NSW, good morning to Mini Wink, <laughs> Wilkie, Mini Wilkie, I love that. That's great. Mini Wilkie? I can't tell. Wilkie, I think it is. <laughs> You can see the StreamYard chats like merges L's and I's together. But good morning to everybody. Hope you're doing good and well. Thank you for tuning in as always. If you could drop a like, I'd really appreciate that. Only takes you a second and it really does help out the channel. Um, there won't be just the one show today, fingers crossed. There should be a show for you this evening as well to talk all things Arsenal and more. First of all, thank you, Real Madrid. Luka Modric in particular, much appreciates knocking Chelsea out of the Champions League in quite spectacular fashion. There's nothing like dangling the carrot of a Champions League semi-final in front of Chelsea and then ripping it away like the sadistic club Real Madrid are. I love that. That was, that was just a fantastic game of football and I loved every single second of it. I mean, even the Chelsea goals were quite enjoyable in the sense that there was always the chance that they'd lose and all this hope that would have built up would be taken away. And it was. It was great. I enjoyed it. I long to be in that competition. Fingers crossed we can see that change very soon. If you haven't already, please go and subscribe to the Arsenal Way. I'll be joining, um, we've, I'll be joined by Bailey uh, over there at 10am today. Looking forward to a chat, so that's going to be fun. Uh, more Arsenal to discuss, I'm sure Unai Emery's going to pop up again. Speaking of which, we're talking about him very, very shortly. Um, but first of all, I just want to say a massive thank you to the people who left kind comments on our most recent video. Myself and Harry sat down yesterday afternoon for a, a long hour-long chat 
chat about the abuse um, that we and plenty of other Arsenal fans have suffered, um, not just this year, but in general. And it was a really, yeah, a really, really good discussion. And on the most part, I'd say 99.9% of comments were really, really positive. Only a couple um, weren't, and that's always going to happen, which is fine. But I think that, you know, the, the comments that we got left after the show as well were great. So if you haven't yet watched that show of me and Harry, I really do encourage you to do so because it was a great one. But thank you in particular to Gunner93, to Danny, uh, to Samantha, SJ and uh, Burst Wangle, uh, Birat Wangle, sorry, <laughs> as well. Massive thank you to you guys. Hope you're doing good. Um, let's move to our first story. And Unai Emery knocked out. Bayern Munich from the Champions League uh, yesterday evening in what then sparked you-know-what on social media. It was always going to happen. It was a brilliant result. And you've got to say fair play to him. What he has done in that club from a cup tournament perspective is the most unsurprising thing we know. Because if there's one thing that Unai Emery knows about, it's how to win cup matches. That's why he won... This, he won the, the the Europa League with Sevilla three times in a row. That's why he's come back and won it with Villarreal and now back into the Champions League through winning the Europa League. He's now in the semi-finals. And whoever gets Villarreal will think they've got an easy draw in the semis. But my goodness, do they not? Uh, they don't. And uh, Emery has proven that with his teams time and time again with wins over Liverpool in the Europa League. Then they beat Borussia Dortmund. Wins over, of course, ourselves, Manchester United. Um, beating now so many teams. Uh, Bayern Munich, of course, as well, to get to this position. Juventus in the previous round. They've had no, by no means an easy route um, to where they're at right now. And Villarreal um, are some force in these cup competitions. That said, it's never going to, for me, spark any kind of um, regret around moving Emery on. It was the right decision to do that. And uh, he is in his natural environment where he flourishes, which is with a Spanish club where he can be as communicative as possible, can translate his ideas in, in the best possible way, get in the group of players that he wants, and and that's why he's flourishing, and he is flourishing because of that. It wasn't going to work out at Arsenal, and that was proven by you know what happened in his second season and after those first starting matches when we were eight points off of the top four, it was decided that he had to move on, and the the breakdown between him and the the dressing room was very very clear. And in the wake of that, we've suffered, but hopefully things are starting to turn around, which is certainly very very positive indeed. But a massive congratulations to Emery on getting to the Champions League semi-final. Um, our first story, Arsenal, more directly related, is on Pablo Murray, who has come out and said that he wishes to remain in Serie A next season. Um, he still has a couple of years left on his Arsenal contract, so if he does indeed want to leave, Arsenal will be getting a fee for him. Uh, you would at least hope that they would be getting a fee for him. So that's what we want to see, is we want to see Arsenal trying to maximise the amount of money possible to get from a Pablo Marie sale. Uh, moving forwards to Granite Xhaka, who is <clears throat> going to be, well, not conducting because the interview is already done, but he is going to be having uh, his interview with the Players' Tribune Football published today. I look forward to watching that. It looks like a really interesting piece of journalism and a really fantastic interview talking about his relationship with the Arsenal fans. So that's going to be really, really positive to watch. And I'm looking forward to whenever that drops. It's meant to come out today. So keep your eyes peeled to the site. And uh, I'm sure we'll do a reaction to that because it's going to be very, very interesting in 
Indeed. Uh, our first transfer line regarding Arsenal's current players that are still here and not on loan is that Gabriel Magalhaes is being linked quite significantly to Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona said to want to be interested in a player plus cash swap deal in which they would be offering the likes of Memphis to buy, uh, Ricky Pudge, etc. Arsenal should have no interest in doing this deal. There's no indication that this has any kind of legs to it or that Arsenal would be in any way open to selling Gabriel. According to James Benj at CBS Sports, there is also interest from Arsenal to try and renew Gabriel's contract this summer. So I would not be getting any amount of concern uh, regarding these links to Barcelona as of yet. Of course, things can change in football very quickly, but from my perspective, a new contract either this summer or going into next season is the most likely outcome for Gabriel's short-term future. Now, Mana Solomon, of course, is a player that's been linked to Arsenal. We've talked about Mana Solomon on these shows in the past, but he will be leaving Shakhtar Donetsk and joining Fulham ahead of next season. Fulham, of course, are one of the favourites to go up to the Premier League next year. They're one of those yo-yo teams that can't really find their place in either the Championship or the Premier League, kind of similar to Norwich at the moment. Uh, and Mana Solomon will join up with Fulham and therefore will not be joining Arsenal. So anyone that hoped to see him at the club, you're going to be disappointed because he's going to be going off to play for Fulham next season. But you will get to see him at least in England. And our headline story of the day is that reports suggest that Arsenal remain very, very interested in Guido Rodriguez, who is a Argentinian central midfielder for Real Betis. We've been linked to this guy before. Uh, he's got a value of around 25 million euros. This valuation has significantly dropped because of the length of time on his contract and the fact he's now 28 years of age. All of those things have combined to mean that we have got a chance of signing him for a very, very good figure. He is very good, um, but what I would say is that he's not the uh, he's not the up <laughs> the upgrade by any means on on Granite Xhaka. He's not going to progress the the central midfield significantly. So I don't think that he's I don't think he's a transformative figure. But if we are going to sign more than one central midfielder in the summer, twenty five million euros to say replace El Nenny with Rodriguez is a huge step up regarding the strength in depth. And that's certainly something that we do need to be thinking about is improving the depth of quality in the squad. And certainly Guido Rodriguez would provide plenty of squad depth and quality to this team. He's not the starter that I think that we should be looking to sign. But if it is to be him and a marquee central midfielder, he would certainly, certainly be up there with one of my top picks for the depth quality additions for this side and that is all of today's arsenal news which means we may move on to the chat box and your questions so if you indeed do have any get them into the chat and we'll go through as many of them as we can okay let's jump into the chat and see what you guys are saying in response to some of these stories and of course if you've got any ideas for today's poll make sure you get them in there and we will get one of those polls going um let's jump to malawi who says your thoughts on sandro tonali of ac milan as a left-sided central midfielder as a number eight Tonali is a fantastic talent uh, and obviously I think will remain, in my view, with AC Milan as most Italian players tend to do with their Italian clubs. It would take a lot to get him out and persuade him to leave. But if Arsenal were able to get a player of his quality and it certainly would be a good move. Good shout. Peeny Ween says, not a question, just ha 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 about Chelsea. But you fooled me with the cue. I, I do notice that people tend to put the big cue at the start knowing that I'm going to answer, read them out as questions. And they're just statements. You're just... You're taking advantage of me, guys. Come on, let's stop that. 
let's, let's throw in some genuine questions. Gladiator Scoop says, there is such a shortage of top-class central defenders and Gabriel has the potential to become just that. So bug off, Barcelona. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Nikolai's poll idea. Who is the third captain should Laka not start and Katie being out? I like that. Yeah, let's uh, let's give you these guys options. Who should captain Arsenal with Laka slash Tierney out of the side? Of course, that's if Lacazette goes out of the team. And your options will be Erdegaard, White. Um, I'm not going to put Xhaka in because he just doesn't want to be. Partey's obviously injured right now. Uh, Ramsdale I'll put down. And then the fourth option will be other. And then leave your comments as to who you think it should be in the chat. So there's your there's your three options, guys, um, to vote for in the chat box. I hope that was all spelt correctly. Uh, who's your uh, captain? Arsenal with Lacquer slash Tierney out of the side. Erdegaard, White, Ramsdale or other. Get listening. So there you go. That's your poll for today's show. Once you've voted on that poll, please make sure you drop a press on the like button as well. Baron says, uh, Tom, do you think that Saliba can take White's place in the team next season if he stays? I think he can take Gabriel's spot right now. White has been the better central defense, uh, central defender. Yeah, that's the word I wanted. Uh, this season, you look at the statistics between all three. Saliba's actually, I wrote a piece on this the other, uh, the other day. Saliba's outperforming Gabriel in 15 different defensive and passing metrics so far across this league season. It's very, very impressive. Uh, very impressive regarding his, his passing statistics in particular, but his defensive stats are outperforming that of uh, of Gabriel. White, on the other hand, is really improving defensively and has really improved us defensively as well. James says, did you listen to Arsblog's interview of Variety? It was class. I wish our players had the same passion for the club that he does. Uh, I haven't yet. No, uh, yesterday was my day off and it was a mega busy one, but I am on shift today, so I'll have that on in the background and make sure to check it out. Uh, Penny Wayne says, is the hyperbole around Gabriel true and could Saliba take his place? I, don't, I love this is now your favourite word, Penny Wayne. Uh, but look, Gabriel is still a very good player. He's playing at a Premier League level, and that's always going to be the question mark about Saliba is can he translate what he's done in Liga to the English top flight? Only minutes will tell, and we'll find that out next season. The Onyx Lens says, isn't it unrealistic to think that we can keep all of our young talent? I think we have to do business. I'd hate to lose Gabriel, but I think we will sell one of our young guns soon. I think it's unrealistic to expect all of our talent to stay if we keep finishing outside the top four. However, I feel like there is an ambition about this group. I think there's an acceptance that we're moving in the right direction. You listen to them in interviews. You listen to what they say after defeats. There is a togetherness about this group that they want to push forwards and push towards an ultimate goal and achieve something with this team. So I think that we're in a right. I think we're in the right position uh, with these players, and I don't think there's any pressure on us to sell any of them either. Uh, Billy says Depay is a good option from Barca. Maybe on loan with an option to buy it. Can play all positions in the front three. It's not gone so well for him. I wouldn't go near him at the moment. Age-wise, doesn't fit the profile. Uh, and if you are going to sign someone in that age bracket specifically, I'd want someone who's more consistent and reliable than uh, Depay has been showing for Barcelona. Manu says, I'm done gloating, but did you see the deal at Leipzig have set with Van der Voort's crazy deal, right? We'll stay for two more seasons and then sign for five years. Never seen this before. It does go to show uh, RB Leipzig's head planning. He's a 20-year-old goalkeeper that's really... Uh, a really exciting talent. So yeah, I, I know you you are gloated, uh, Manu, about knowing your things about you know these these talents. But at the end of the day, RB Leipzig know exactly what they're doing and know how to do these types of deals. Uh, 
Ulu says, uh, hey, Tom, will you do a player exchange with Gabriel for Frankie de Jong? That's a great question. Um, would I swap Gabriel for Frankie de Jong? I'd, I would lean towards yes, you know, because I feel like if we could then open the door to Saliba to come back and play that spot, we haven't necessarily downgraded by a huge, if anything, amount. So I would say that, yeah, I probably would do that swap. I don't think that will happen, but I would do that swap. Um, Paul says, didn't Gabriel come from Liga? Yes, he did. Uh, why wouldn't Saliba be a success? It's I don't know why Saliba wouldn't be a success. I don't know why he couldn't be given an opportunity to try and flourish. He should be given an opportunity. Jermaine says, do you think Arsenal would consider selling Tierney because of the injuries? I feel like if they felt they would get a good enough offer and they could sign a good enough replacement, then yes. I, I feel like there is scope for them to move Tierney on. Not that I necessarily would want that to happen, especially if he can sort his injuries out. But if you said to me that we can sign someone as good or someone with the potential to be even better that isn't as injury-prone as Tierney, who would turn that down? Um, mentality is also important. I think Tierney brings a really important edge to his game that we lack in the dressing room, that leadership. We need that too. But... I think it's ultimately when you consider how much money you can maybe make from a sale of Tierney with figures around 50 million being branded about, uh, or banded about rather, um, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you consider it if you could bring in as good of a left back as Tierney with that amount of money being brought into the team? Um, Billy says, Depay has 10 goals in limited minutes. Every time I watched him, he's played well. I just don't think he's the one uh, for me, Billy. I'm sorry. He's just not. It's just not one that you're going to convince me over that he's the right forward to go for. Uh, Jay says Depay is unfit and can't run. He can't come anywhere near us. Minty Fresh says, is there no chance we sell? No, there's there's a fair amount of chance that we sell Saliba. I think it's 50-50. I really think it's 50-50 whether Saliba stays or goes in the summer. If you had a gun to my head, I'd probably lean towards go um, right now. But we'll have to wait and see. We hope that it works. Uh, Ali, I don't ever agree with this. Um... I don't agree with this line of thinking regarding Saliba with Fafana. Fafana had a very decent season in his first season with Leicester. It was nowhere near as good as people made out. I will tell you that. And Fafana benefited a lot from the Saliba scenario because people watched some of his performances. Um, people saw him get, you know, accolades, etc. But it wasn't as brilliant as people made out. That's not to say he's not a very good defender. He is. But he still made mistakes. He still had poor performances. He still had runs of games where he was just kind of absent from any kind of praise. But because he was playing for Leicester, that kind of overtook the general overview of, of how Fafana did in his first season. And the Saliba thing got obviously linked into it. But he's still a good defender. And, you know, it's not to say that a player coming from Liga can't succeed. They certainly can. And we're seeing that with Gabriel. We've seen that with a number of players. Didier Drogba, if I say anything more. Um, Dol Quanain says, uh, Tom, I would love to see Kukurea at Arsenal. He just reminds me of Marcelo from Real Madrid. He is more of a wing-back. I think if you play him, you need to play him in a wing-back role. I know he's played in a back four at Brighton on a number of occasions. I just think at Arsenal, you'd need more defensive security from a left-back. So if you switch to a back three, I'd love to see a Kukurea uh, at Arsenal. I, I liked him at Hatafe. I've liked him since he's gone to Brighton. I think he would be a really solid signing. And I always said when he signed, that would be a really good move. And it's turned out to be a good move for them. He's one of their biggest assets now at the club. 
Uh, Manu says, not an Arsenal-related question, but what is your favourite way of drinking coffee? Uh, left in the jar, unfortunately. I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I'm a tea drinker. Yeah, call me all the British stereotypes you like. But uh, tea for me, all day long. Uh, Ronald says, will losing Matt Doherty cost Spurs? Look, I think, I don't know what uh, Regulon's situation is right now, because I know that Doherty has been playing uh, on both flanks. Uh, is Regulon currently injured or is he playing? Uh, let me have a quick check. Uh, he missed the game over Newcastle. He plays the game over Aston Villa. Uh, Doherty not being in the squad is that going to cost them because Emerson Royale of course will have to come in I don't know I I really 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 don't know Um, obviously Regulon came in for Doherty uh, who was out and Emerson already started that match and they won comfortably it wasn't an Aston Villa side that particularly challenged them by any shape or form clearly but yeah it was kind of after that first goal in three minutes it, it did change the complexion of the game who knows? Maybe. We'll have to wait and see. He's not one of their, what I would describe as their starting fullback. Because for me, it would have been, you know, it would have been Regulon and, and Emerson who they brought in in the summer. Maybe it'll affect them. We'll have to wait and see. It's nowhere near as bad as losing Tini and Tommy Asu, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Jason's Cookerare reminds me of Hugh Wizzy. It's the hair. It's certainly the hair. Uh, Hugh has great hair, to be fair to him. James says, what do you think of Tony now he has a creative midfielder behind him? Not sure about his attitude, but has good stats recently. Uh, Tony, uh, what do I think about him as a creative midfielder? Uh, oh, sorry, with a creative midfielder behind him. Now he's got Ericsson. Yeah, obviously he's producing more. I think that as a striker, if we are going to go for one, I wouldn't want it to be just Tony. I'd feel like we'd need to go for Tony and say Jonathan David, a complementing, contrasting striker to go with. And we know that we need to go for two forwards. We know that we don't need to renew Lacazette's contract. If you said that Tony and Jonathan David were coming in the summer, I'd be overjoyed with that. I think that'd be a great move for Arsenal to go for both of them as two options. So let's let's see what happens. But I do think that if Tony comes in, it can't just be him. It would need to be him and one of those contra- contrasting style forwards as well uh, Axel says are you afraid of our star players will leave if we don't get top four uh, afraid of Saka Odegaard Martinelli and Gabriel in particular no not quite yet maybe if next season we fail to push on again um, that may worry me but not after this season uh, Priyank says Edu is selling all players he signed under Emery is this right technical director should sign players according to his vision if we replace managers are we going to sell Arteta's players um edu wasn't the one that was the guy signing players really uh under emery at all raul sanyehi was the main protagonist in the transfer window he wasn't emery wasn't the person emery wasn't credited with the pepe deal with the uh the tini or the david louise or the um the gabriel martinelli deals he wasn't credited with those he was you know he helped in the sense that he came into that role during that summer of 2019 but he wasn't credited with being the protagonist in those moves or being in a lead of the direction of the players that we signed so the year after in 2020 and certainly the january window of 2020 as well he was more involved um however I think that the the issue is is that Edu in that first summer with Arteta in 2020, we know that we made errors. The Willian deal was an error. Uh, the Runison deal was an error. Partey deal good. Gabriel deal good. Right? These those are the things that we can't we can't criticise. They were good deals for us. 
But I think that they made mistakes and they've learned from those errors. And that's why we saw a much more positive 2021 summer window. Not perfect. We didn't sign the number one priority target being the central midfielder that we needed. We got in Lakonga. We renewed Jacker. We didn't sign that that player that we should have signed. We didn't sign the uh, the Ruben Neves or who was the main one that we were linked to? I'm sure there was like a main central midfielder that was... Bruno Guimaraes came up, but he wasn't the main one. I forget now. I covered so many players in that summer transfer window. I know Ruben Neves was quite up there, but I'm sure there was a central midfielder that we didn't get in the end in 2021. Um, but they've slipped my mind. Um, but you get the idea. And we're progressing forwards with what we're doing in the transfer windows. And hopefully this summer is going to be uh, one of Locatelli. Thank you, Temi. Uh, appreciate that. That's the player that we went for. We bidded for him. Um, 40 million euro bid went in. He didn't want to leave. Sassuolo were open to accepting that 40 million euro but he wanted to go to Juve Juve and Sassuolo themselves have a very good relationship has been proven by a number of deals that have been done especially the Domenico Baradi situation um so that was always going to go against us uh, and we ultimately did so we ended up keeping Xhaka instead who knows what could have been different if we'd have signed Locatelli maybe something very very different indeed uh, Neil says which players are your preferred signings in the summer um Players that probably aren't going to come, <laughs> unfortunately. Nunez looks much more likely to go elsewhere. Uh, whilst I would happily sign Latara Martinez, I can't see that being realistic. Uh, Jonathan David, I feel like, is a realistic option. I think Tony could be a realistic option as well. I don't mind that as much if you buy him alongside a player like Jonathan David. Um, central midfield, I always feel like missing out on Bruno Gimolaj is going to come back to haunt us. Um, but in regards to midfielders that we could go for now, I always look at Fabian. I like Tielemans, although Dewsbury Hall has been doing fantastically well for Leicester. I like James Ward-Prowse as a potential central midfield option as well. I think he's been fantastic in a poor Southampton side, and I'd like to see him given an opportunity at you know, a, a, a much bigger club, with all respect to Southampton. So there are a number of players out there that you could certainly say would improve this Arsenal team. I'm excited for the window. I think we all are. You know, I'm going to be covering transfer news every single day and breaking down every single transfer target that we get linked to. So prepare yourselves for a quite exciting and hopefully successful summer. Uh, Manager's got to give it to you, Tom. And Wepu is one hell of a player, you called it. Could have signed him. Could have signed him for a very, very good fee indeed. Uh, Priyank says, uh, against Brighton, our bench was too weak. I am sure you would not be able to choose between Brighton and Arsenal's bench, probably not. They had lights of Lamptey sitting on the bench that day. Uh, Ayath says, uh, we need to spend 50 million plus on two midfielders, a centre mid and a DM, and maybe get a Gakpo for centre forward. Yes, Gakpo is certainly someone on my list of preferred signings, and we're done. There's no need for us to twist our heads for a striker when midfield is far more important. I do disagree with you, Ayath. I do think that the striker remains for me the priority move, especially someone who's versatile enough to play in multiple positions but very close behind is the central midfield role. Uh, Billy, where do you think Nunez will go? I think he would fancy us. Chelsea would need to sell. Uh, Man United are going to be up there with one of the biggest teams pushing for him. Liverpool, you never know, could come in in the end as well. He kind of fits that mould of the, the Diaz, Jota, and now Nunez, who can play in a wider position as well. They like these types of players. I think there's a chance that Liverpool will end up coming in um, 
during that summer window. Manu says, Sangala from PSV has won a hell of a shout. Been saying it since his Toulouse days. He's only gone from strength to strength since going to the Eredivisie. Why not? Uh, Sarvik says, youngsters like Aziz should be starting. And if we make the top four, their career gets made like Saka and Smithrow broke through last year. Aziz has not yet convinced, certainly this season, has not gone the way in which he planned. Portsmouth alone wasn't that great. Um, perhaps he can get some more minutes at the start of next season. Certainly in pre-season, should be getting minutes as well. We've got to also think about the other players like Balogun, Patino, etc. and see where they come through as well. Uh, Jay says, if Nunez was to go to United, they'd have to get rid of Ronaldo. I don't think they have to because Ronaldo would only have one year left on his deal. There's that year of transition that they could argue. They've got a new manager coming in. If they want to get the best out of Eric Ten Hag, they've got to go slowly. They can't go into next season expecting to be title challengers. They've got to go into next season in the start of a rebuild. And that's why it's really important that we continue to move forward and try and keep ahead of Manchester United next season. James says, we always find ourselves in the same position because of this manager's arrogance. We send players on loan and others go for free in January without any replacement. Arrogance is a word that gets thrown up a lot. I don't think it's arrogance. I think arrogance is absolutely the wrong word. I think it's just mistakes. I think it's uh, a lack of experience. Because if if I was describing it as arrogance, I don't think he would admit some of the mistakes that have been made, and he certainly has done. I think arrogance is a word that gets thrown around far, far too easily, a bit like the word legend in football. Arrogance gets thrown around a lot. I don't think it's arrogance. I think a lot of people that don't like Arteta would say it's arrogance. But I don't think it's that. I just think it's inexperience. And I think that he's made mistakes. But I think that the the positives would be um, is that all of the things that we discussed, I'm not going to say them over and over again because I feel like I say them every single show. But there's so many things that have improved under the tenure of Arteta and that we move forwards from that as well. Um, what was I going to say about arrogance as well? Arrogance is a, is a factor in football that it leads to success as well. So when people talk about arrogance being a negative, I think over-arrogance certainly can be a negative. But arrogance in football is, without a shadow of a doubt, a necessary quality to succeed. Self-belief, self-confidence, belief that you are better than everyone else is going to take you places. And that is an important quality. So I would never discourage arrogance in the sense of it being a necessary quality. But because that self-arrogance... I mean, Thierry Henry one of the most arrogant footballers on the planet and was successful because of it. With that, and I wouldn't want him to be any other way because that's what led him to be such a crucial player. Over-arrogance is a problem and it's about measuring yourself. But I don't, I don't agree with the arrogant label um, with Arteta. I think it's inexperience and mistakes sometimes that cost him. Wes says, Tom, I dreamed last night and Ketia lobbed the goalkeeper with a header and you were the speaker at the game screaming, there you go, he proved it, he should stay. <laughs> <laughs> Wes, you'd be looking quite hard and it certainly was a dream because that is in fantasy land for that to take place. Mincy says, so many things have improved under Arteta, including Arteta. Uh, Dawson says, playing Xhaka at left-back continually is arrogance. I don't think it is arrogance. I think it's a mistake. And I'd love for someone to try and explain to me how playing Xhaka at left-back is arrogance because you can understand the method behind it, but I just don't get why he did it. It's just, it's just a mistake. It's just him making an error in the sense of trying to 
plug a hole by weakening another area. But arrogance is the wrong description for it, Dawson, I'm afraid. It's just not arrogance. That's not what arrogance means. Jay says, Arteta is the youngest and has the least amount of games as manager in the whole league. Of course, he's going to make mistakes. But he says, absolutely, if you want to make it at the top, you need to be arrogant away. You have to believe in yourself. Andrea says, put White in midfield. No, stop putting White in midfield. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Axel says, what are your thoughts on Ten Hag? Personally, I feel he's another overhyped manager that was lucky in the Champions League with a great group of players. There's no doubt that he brought through uh, those players. There's no doubt in my mind that he brought through that group, but was obviously in a situation where Ajax was producing some great talent, Van der Beek, De Ligt, and had the ability to play those players because of the league he was in as well. Let's not get it wrong. Teams like Bayern Munich, teams previously before this season like Juventus, teams that would dominate their, their leagues could afford to play these younger players, Porto, Benfica, uh, PSV, Ajax, uh, Red Bull Salzburg, like these teams that tend to dominate their leagues because the bottom half of the table, you can play, say, as one of those teams, most of your senior squad, but you can throw in some youngsters to give them the chance. You can't do that in the Premier League. So what he's going to do with Man United is going to be very, very interesting indeed. If he's going to be able to be able to coach, great. He's a good coach. You can't deny that. But I'm not sure it's a good fit. I'm really not. Uh, going back to the arrogance things, I think Lynn brings up the perfect word. It's naivety. Naivety is the right word. Um, Arteta has been naive so, so many times with his decision-making. Arrogance, no. Um, narcissism, as Tikal says, no. Neither of those two words are right. Naivety is absolutely the right word to use with Mikel Arteta. Um, as Peter Ween says, that is the best word for sure. It is naivety. Jay says, massive difference between Dutch League and the Premier League. Uh, Stephen McLaren won the Dutch League. Look, the Dutch League, again, similar to a lot of other leagues, produces some of the best talent that we see on the continent. But there is no way that you can look at it and say that a team like Ajax or a coach that's at Ajax that's flourishing has not got a huge challenge in coming to the Premier League. It's you. It's factual that they will. And it's not... I get really frustrated when I talk to um, experts and you know people that are very attached to other leagues, as I used to be with La Liga, because you get into very, very heated defensive debates about those leagues. There's nothing wrong with saying that the Premier League is on a higher level to Liga or the Eredivisie or the Portuguese League. It's just, it just is. It, it just is. There's, you know, there's more players that are better uh, there's there's more money and you know th those leagues like France and Portugal and, and the Netherlands have produced some of the best talent but they don't stay there they move on most of the time they move on and because they are going to that next level but it also means that teams like Ajax teams like Porto and Benfica can dominate their leagues and sporting of course now too can dominate their leagues much stronger and can also use a lot more young players when playing against, say, a lot of other teams compared to, say, in the Premier League. Arsenal couldn't be throwing in Charlie Patino against Burnley and Norwich and Watford. They can't do that because, as that's been shown, those teams will punish you if you play too weak. Look at the Brighton game. You know, we had to. We, we ended up playing Lukonga. I was a lone pivot and Xhaka, which I wouldn't have done personally. But if you change too much and you have too many of your first team out, you can be punished because the quality is just on a different level and it's very, very different to those other leagues. 
Um, Dilcronane uh, says, uh, Tom, is it a good idea to partner Xhaka with Ben White by dropping Lukonga and having Gabriel withholding at the back for the remainder of the season? I would play Ben White holding and Gabriel as a back three. I'd play Tavares at left wing back. I'd play Saka at right wing back. I'd go to Xhaka and Lukonga or Elneny as the midfield two. And then the front three of Erdegaard's, probably Gabriel Martinelli, um, maybe even Pepe. Uh, and then, of course, either Emil Smith or Martinelli, depending on who plays on the left-hand side. That's that's what I would do. That's what I would play against Southampton. I'd go to 3-4-3 and try and maximise our defensive security and our attacking potential as well. Um, let's scroll up a little bit more. Uh, Rich says, he doesn't trust Tavares. I thought he did it to try and bring some defensive solidarity back, but when he should have done it with Cedric at left-back and Ben White at right-back, yeah, look, I think it's a good shout. I think Ben White at right back is not a bad option for us. Uh, much better than putting him in the midfield, that's for sure. So there you go. Uh, Jay says, massive difference. Oh, we've done that one. Let's scroll back down to the bottom. Uh, Halior says, uh, Ajax is pretty much the world's most professional football club. They have the ability to recreate themselves over a short period of time, even if their best players and managers and leave and trainers leave. Yeah, same goes for Red Bull Salzburg. Um they have such a good system with their FC leafering in the, the league below um, to continually produce that talent. They have a really good grasp on the African market as well. Salzburg do. Um, and I think that's something that actually uh, Ajax have done with the South American market really well. You're thinking about the players that they've brought in for the South American market It's been and then sold on. It's been very, very strong. So those teams tend to do that. Work permits make it so much easier as well. So... Uh, yeah, definitely. You're spot on. Uh, Lynn says, look at Emery. He flourishes in Spain, but he found the Premier League was different. And this is where Ten Hag uh, is going to have a problem. I think there's some slight differences, Lynn, between um, between Emery in La Liga and specifically. I think that domestically, Emery has had issues and that's happened pretty much everywhere he's gone. I mean, you look at that severe side's remained in the Europa League after dropping down or you know qualifying for it weren't challenging really under Emery for anything like you're seeing the Sevilla under Lopetegui challenge now uh, very very different um, and then he's gone to Villarreal this season of course it's not going well in La Liga they're really far off those European places you look at him at PSG lost the league to a very good Monaco side in fairness but still that PSG team was still the absolute favourites to win the title um, and came to England was naive in some of the decision-making towards the end of his first full season. We missed out on top four because of that naivety uh, and then got us to a Europa League final. And unfortunately, the Europa League final did not go very well, ironically, maybe because we went up against the Premier League side uh, in the final. So yeah, there you go. Uh, Rama says, Tom, would you try starting Pepe up top over Lacquer? I would start him over Lacquer. If the option was between those two, I'd choose Pepe because I'm so sick and tired of Lacazette's lack of anything saying it yeah i would start pepe over lacazette as a center forward uh pre-ang says tom today have you tried different lights in your background something looks different um no it's just really bright outside uh i can put this down that might help hopefully that's helped but yeah no it's just because that looks really bright outside today uh mogul says i agree with arteta's decision with every loan departure i wouldn't keep anyone uh, of them in terms of incomings that doesn't fall solely on him he shares the blame with the recruitment team uh, Mr. SNLO says, uh, assuming we didn't sell Saliba, uh, we didn't, sorry, let Saliba go on loan, how would you have structured the defence? Uh, the same as it is now? I, I wouldn't have changed anything. Tommy Asu, White, Gabriel uh, and Tierney. 
Saliba needed that loan. I have no shadow of a doubt about him needing that loan move. He had only played six months of continuous football for like two or three seasons. You know, he was injured in that last season with Saint-Étienne. The league's finished earlier because of the, the pandemic starting. And he had injuries the issue the season before as well. And he was only 18, 17, 18 years of age. He needed this loan this season. Sending him on loan was absolutely the right choice. I was critical about where he went on loan, but it's proven to be a really, really good move um, to Marseille. I just hope that it isn't the end of his time at Arsenal. So we'll have to wait and see indeed. Um, we're going to finish things off there, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Do drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed it. And even if you haven't, it really does help out the channel. It only takes you a second as well. Um, I'll be back this afternoon, this evening uh, with the show. Look forward to bringing you more info on that. Should be a good conversation. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but other than that, it's been an absolute pleasure. Join me at 10 a.m. over on the Arsenal Way. More Arsenal chat, of course. Link in the description for today's video. And go check out my chat with Harry Simeu last night on the channel if you haven't done so already as well. All of that is available on audio platforms too. See you soon, guys. Have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.